enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Temple of Geek Podcast, for those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Aaron and I will be your host tonight as we discuss WandaVision. We're, we're, we're WandaVision and now this is the second time we're talking about it. And we got a special guest on tonight. You guys might hear a very familiar voice. Uh, the Temple of Geek Podcast, we've been around since 2012. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms and all, thing, all things geek. And to our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. With me today, very special guest. I would not have this position without this guest. Very good friend of mine. Uh, how good of a friend? Well, she was the photographer at my wedding. Also, super geek. Glad to have you on. It's been almost six months since I've seen her. Uh, welcome, Monica Duarte, the former host of this very podcast. How you doing, Monica? I'm good. I'm happy to be back. This is so much fun. I miss hosting. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So how you how you doing? I'm doing really great. Um, I haven't seen you since your wedding. I miss you very much. I'm so excited to actually be talking yeah. to you and geeking out with you again. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a, it's been a minute. I uh, hope you guys are all keeping safe. First, before we get into it, I want to bring up something personal. Uh, you've been listening to the new show, so you know I go off on personal tangents sometimes. Uh, my wife and I, we have a complaint with you, real quick. Because, <gasps> what happened? Uh, so far, since since, since yeah, since we've known you. We've always gotten a Christmas card with a picture of your family on it. This year, we did not get a, a Christmas picture. Oh, yeah. We didn't we do a picture. Card, <laughs> we did not get a picture. So, yeah. So, we... Yeah, I think... We very upset in the powerhouse that we did not get a Christmas card picture. So. Please tell Yvette. I'm so sorry. I thought you were going to say that I didn't send a card. I was like, I sent a card. I know I sent a Christmas no, card. No, we got it. No, we got a card. We got a card. We just did not get a picture, and we 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 had space made up on the fridge and everything. <laughs> we did not get a picture. You're on my fridge too. I still have your uh, magnet from your wedding on. I my know, fridge. right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, we just you know COVID and everything. We're not really going out. And then my kids haven't had a haircut in a year. Oh my gosh, their hair is so long. They don't need to be pictured like that. <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? I've seen a couple pictures of of like the kids and stuff, and wow, it's it, one you you've got a you you're you're not full of teenagers yet, are you? I have a kid that's going to be a senior in high school, and then I have a nine year old. So yeah. it's just the the two. But yeah, okay, it's, oh okay, it's two just, very long haired boys right now that are just like shaggy yeah, they, messes. Yeah, they, they got the long. <laughs> the long hair going on and stuff like I, I i know how i know how it is but he's oh my god he's about to be a senior in high school now Dang, i know I right it's okay. so crazy well he's a junior now but yeah this year's almost over so you know right right yep yep all right so uh we're, we're talking about we're geeking out this week about wandavision wandavision just wrapped up the final episode played uh, at the time that we're recording this, there's going to be a making of documentary on this coming uh, week to just basically settle, cool everybody down before Falcon and winter soldier pops off. Um, you, you've seen the entire show, right? Absolutely. Every night, every Friday at midnight. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what? We tried to do the midnight showing and stuff, and like after the first time, it like froze. Both me and my wife were just so tired. We were like, you know, we'll just watch it in the morning. It's not, it's not worth it to just stay up super late fighting with this app and stuff. I'm just gonna go to sleep. I was tweeting my anger. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people was angry as hell around midnight and stuff. If you get online with people wanting to watch the show and like, and my thing is this, like. I don't know why we still do that to ourselves. Like midnight showings were never my thing at all, but I'm also not going to, I'm also not going to do a midnight showing in the comfort of my own home. I can't do it. I'm going to watch it when I'm ready. My fear is spoilers. Like I, if it wasn't Mm. for like the fact that as soon as like I log in in the morning to anything, it's like spoilers everywhere. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it now. If it's something I care about, most things like other shows that I don't care about, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. But with WandaVision, I did care about. And, you know, people just don't care about spoilers. So that's the only reason I watch at midnight is to like avoid spoilers. Right. See, my thing about spoilers is I'm not a, I'm, I don't care too much because spoilers to me don't ruin a story. It actually changes it in some way because instead of like, oh, I'm going in this fresh, if I get a spoiler, now I'm watching it like, okay, how do we get to this point? That makes the story that more exciting. Like if I know what's coming, you know, I'm like, okay, how do we get to this point? It's like watching a prequel. You know what's going to happen in the main storyline how do we get there makes it that much more better. Like if you watched Star Wars in the chronological order that it came out, it's a different story than watching it from the middle, then the beginning, then the end. You know what I mean? You know, that's a really great way to look at that. That's a really kind of a fresh way of like, you know, not stressing yourself out. Yeah, and then it's like if if a spoil if something spoils something and ruins it for you, it probably wasn't a good story anyway. Like if it just ruins everything about it for you. It's like 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 again, Star Wars. Like some of that is just bad storytelling, you know? Like oh, That's I'm, true. I'm I'm Ray Skywalker now. <laughs> that was actually like ruined if it ruins for it, me. Then it well, wasn't... Uh the Palpatine yeah. thing was ruined for me. And but when I but now that you mention it, when I went in, it wasn't that big of a deal. I was like, oh, she's going to be Snoke's like, you know, daughter or granddaughter or something. Right. And I figured it out. Somebody was like, no context spoiler and then said three things. And I'm like, any fan will put that together. (laughs) Right. So there was plenty of context in there. No context spoiler. (laughs) Mm hmm. So we watched. So we watched WandaVision. We enjoyed it. And. Uh, before we like do a deep dive into this, because this is going to be the first of a series of deep dives we're going to do on the podcast about this. Uh, we got more guests coming in uh, on, on a future episode, the, the episode right after this one. We're going to deep dive into it as well. Uh, we're going to unpack the documentary as well. But I wanted to get Monica on this because, you know, uh, Monica's my homegirl and, and we love geeking out about stuff. And we, we actually spoke about this show at one of the last cons that both of us were at. You remember that? I don't. Refresh my memory. We talked about this at uh, Long Beach. Um, I think Long Beach Comic. Oh, we did. Yeah. Long Beach Comic Con 2019. That was the last con you and I were at together. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> I know, right? And <laughs> we spoke about this. And 
it was a lot of things that we we talked about that like we wanted to see and all that stuff. Now, uh, what were some things that you wanted to see when it came to WandaVision? And did you see those things or were you dead wrong? Because there were hella theories going out. Uh, we can curse on this show because you have never told me that I couldn't. Uh, there were uh, hell theories going on. <laughs> I just have this. to put the explicit, uh, explicit lyric thing when we post. Oh, the yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's it's all. totally that's... Cool. cool. So kids so, won't see this, but exactly, that's yeah, um, yeah. So I got big into TikTok binging during the quarantine and I fell mm-hmm. in love with all these TikTokers who were having all these theories and um, especially like the last podcast episode that you did about WandaVision with your guest. She, you know, I've been following her on TikTok and uh, she had some really great insight on the show and the comics and everything. And so I've learned so much about WandaVision and there's all these things that I thought would happen and I was completely wrong, but so were all the people on TikTok. So we were wrong together. Mm -hmm. It was a community of like, just not having anything. But um, I think most of my expectations really came from San Diego Comic-Con 2019 when they set up the phase four kind of like timeline right? Right. So they gave us this huge timeline at Comic-Con 2019 when they announced Phase 4 and, you know, Captain Marvel 2 and WandaVision and all these shows that were coming out. And that timeline has changed so much since. Yes, it has. And COVID has been a big part of that. So, like, I know WandaVision wasn't supposed to be the first Disney Plus show um, after the, you know, Endgame to hit the no, it's supposed to be Miss Marvel, right? Um, right. And there's so much that like changed. Like uh WandaVision wasn't supposed to come out until right before the Doctor Strange movie came out, but the Doctor Strange movie lost their director. Right. And a lot of things changed with that. And so it just happened to be a coincidence that WandaVision was ready to go out the door. It had the most chunk filmed that they could put out. So, you know, COVID really just did a number on all production in Hollywood. And so a lot of what I thought was going to happen, like the Benedict Cumberbatch cameo as Doctor Strange and things like that, that had been rumored that would happen, uh, did not come to pass. And I think we'll we'll get into it more. But that was the main thing that I thought for sure was going to happen and did not happen. Now, like with me, like, I, I had some expectations, but also with the last like 12, 13 years we've gotten these movies, I, I've learned to kind of curtail my expectations a little bit because uh, you, you don't make a, a series of movies all connected in one shared universe and follow the same pattern of like people figuring everything out. You know, uh, Marvel has this thing where, yeah, everything everything you see may have some deeper meaning, but at this point in the game, 13 years in, they know that we know that or that we think that. So they just put stuff in just to mess with everybody. <laughs> you know? Like, yes, absolutely. I really felt like they were doing that this year with the which, commercials. Which I thought it was hilarious that they did that because one of my favorite things to do online is laugh at people when they're wrong about stuff. And so many people got angry. You're the worst. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm. I'm terrible. I. I. I, I love. I love, I love watching people just be 
hilariously wrong because yeah let, let, let's put it like this so uh marvel has and i talked about this on a previous episode marvel has um has done a thing where they took a lot of their c-list heroes and elevated them to stars and stuff most of the characters in the marvel cinematic universe 15 10 15 years ago weren't who they are now you know nobody cared about wanda or or the vision nobody cared about iron man nobody cared about captain america the top tier team in marvel were the x-men which is why i sincerely think that they should take their time bringing them in because those are their established stars everybody else they had to elevate through the movies and stuff so what happened is people started hearing about the characters from the movies and started reading every Wikipedia page that they could find about them and just in, overinflated a lot of these stories to more than what they were and thought that they would get everything in it. Because there's a name you've probably seen in the last two months that you were just like, why are people always just saying that everything is him? Mephisto. Did you for a second think that Mephisto was going to be part of this at all? So here's the thing. I, because just like so many other people, like you said, these characters in the Marvel Universe weren't big. I remember, Mm -mm. like, my intro to the Marvel Universe was Iron Man. Like, I had no, outside of, like, Spider-Man, I, you know, I knew who Spider-Man was, but, and and obviously the X-Men. But outside of that, I didn't really know. So my introduction to Wanda was, you know, the movies. And up until WandaVision, I didn't even really care about her. She was just right. like, oh, she's there. She's She looks cool. Her brother's a speedster. He looks cool, too. But because, like, the Age of Ultron doesn't flush out their story very much, you know, there's so right. much screen time that they have to share with everybody else mm-hmm. that I was indifferent to her. I didn't have an... I didn't like her one way or another. This show, though, had me, like you said, going through Wikipedia, Googling. I'm over here ordering comics. You know, I'm trying to figure everything out. And everybody keeps talking about Mephisto. But at this point in my introduction to Wanda, I don't know enough about him. So I'm trusting the the geek community to kind of keep me informed, which is the beauty of like things like TikTok and stuff. I don't, I don't, I, I want, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I care about you and I, and I want you to save more time than wasted. Mephisto plays a very small part in Wanda's story. Like sure. It has to do with her children. Sure. Sure. It has to do with her children, but it's seriously not as big as you think. And uh, as we brought this up on a previous episode, he he also um, Vision actually plays a a very small part in Wanda's love life too. Yes, it was a major part of it, but in the comics, it is what people love to say. Well, they did it like this in the comics. Well, you know what they did like in the comics. Uh, Vision and Wanda weren't together too much longer, and yeah, he he even axed out Miss Marvel who was Captain Marvel in the films, uh, he asked her out right in front of Wanda. It was kind of weird. You can look up that comic. But Wanda's main love interest was not Vision. It was a guy named Wonder Man, who uh, you probably have heard that name, too, in the last couple months. But No, I haven't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wonder Man Man is pretty dope. You should really look him up. 
he he's he's nothing like Wonder Woman, if that's what you're thinking. He's just a dude of just pure purple <laughs> in he's just a dude of pure purple energy who is just super strong and um he was a stunt man and he wears these these sunglasses when he does superheroes. You look him up when you get a chance. Uh but back I to will. the sh- back to the show. I, I like I, I I enjoyed the show for what it was, I, and I and I sincerely did enjoy um enjoy it. First couple of episodes for me kind of dragged on a little bit, and I was just like trying to get my feet wet. I think it's just I don't like old black and white TV shows that like kind of took me out of it, you know? Right, right. I get that. I was like, uh, I just I I was just never really that big of a fan of it and stuff like. I, I enjoyed I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy was hilarious to me. And it's just like that contribution to entertainment and stuff. But Dick Van Dyke was just boring as hell to me. Always. <laughs> that was that when that show came <laughs> yeah, on, when that show that. came on. Yeah. When that show came on, I knew it was time to go to sleep. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy I enjoyed the show and how they like did like the sitcoms and stuff. And then how they ended up explaining it later on in like episode eight. And, and and the characters involved were great. Uh, Catherine Hahn is is a, uh, an American treasure. She is just hilarious and just nailed it in this movie. In this, in the, I call it a movie because it just it just felt like a movie. Like if you piece all the episodes together, it's like movie length. But um, it was a it was a good that's shot. what I felt like too. I feel like it was a a movie like cut into yeah. a bunch of episodes but Catherine Hahn what is a gift she is yes. so great my first introduction to her was on an HBO show uh, called Hung that mm-hmm. starred Thomas yes. Jane Thomas Jane as like a male prostitute and Catherine yeah. Hahn is a pregnant client of his and she was just so good in that like I just like loved every time her character came on TV um, and I didn't even realize she was a comedian up until then. Oh yeah, that that's that's how I was. That's how I was kind of introduced to her. Just me myself being a comedian and stuff, and just just seeing her perform live and stuff. She's she's absolutely hilarious. Uh, also, she um, this is not her first foray into uh, Marvel movies because she was Doctor Octopus in Spider Verse. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she's great, and her playing um, Agnes slash Agatha was just was just amazing uh paul bettany also uh one of the tallest men alive uh i I met him uh he actually signed my black panther helmet i met him at the avengers premiere just a tall drink of water but um (laughs) uh he also just fantastic acting anytime i see an actor play themselves twice on screen against each other it's just always a gift like very few people can pull it off uh, and he's one of them that can. Uh, to a certain degree, Lindsay Lohan actually did pretty good in The Parent Trap. But, you know, that's neither here nor she there. She was you, fantastic I, I, in The Parent Trap. <laughs> she was really good in that. Like, she was really good in that. She was so um, good. I bought it. <laughs> but I I, I, I I, truly enjoyed the performances in here. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen proven again, that she is the superior Olsen sister when it comes to acting except for holding an accent jesus but like i she she went full storm from the x-men where she had an accent the first time you hear it and like the last time you see it it's just completely gone so 
what what so what were your favorite moments in WandaVision? Before we get to the to the uh because we're gonna we're gonna talk mostly about the finale, but what were some of your favorite moments throughout the show? You know, I really loved the trio of uh Randall Park, Tiona Paris, and mm-hmm. uh Kat Dennings yes. as uh Monica, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy. I just I loved them. Every time they were on screen, I was happy. I I just want more of them. And I know you said, you know, we'll talk about the finale later, but I yeah. just I really really enjoyed them overall. For me, if the whole show had been them watching those episodes, which I mean it pretty much was, like I could have right. seen a couple more episodes of just them. Now, the thing is, and, and a lot of people don't understand this, Jimmy Woo is a character in the comics. He wasn't invented just for Ant-Man and then the Marvel, the MCU. He's extremely right. different in the comics, too. It's like If anybody should have, like, go through Wikipedia binges, look up Jimmy Woo from the Marvel Universe. He's basically James Bond. He's the super-duper spy. And I think they're kind of building up to that. Because I'll, I'll totally watch a show with Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. Because, one, he's hilarious in, in, in his own right. Just everything he's ever been in. He's one of the most charming people ever. From the time we saw him as Asian Jim in the office up till now, he's just always been just awesome. Um, also, check out Always Be My Baby on uh, Netflix. That, that was hilarious, too, if you haven't seen that. He was amazing in that. The whole, you know, even his song that I punched Keanu. Yes, I punched Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, um, if anybody who's listening, if you haven't seen "Always Be My uh, My Maybe," that's definitely "Always Be My Maybe." Yes, that's what it is. Also, now Monica Rambo. We get Monica Rambo in this. This is her. This is the character's second time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you haven't watched Captain Marvel, she's in that how they introduced her they now they introduced her twice she was already a character in the show uh but she was in the second episode was it yeah it was the second one right yeah uh, yeah the second episode with Dottie and her and it's still yeah. black and white but i think now we're in the we went from the 50s to the 60s to the 60s yeah and so she's you know in the neighborhood and they're trying to kind of do like this pta type raise right. money for the for the school thing mm-hmm. that's when they okay. introduce her right okay so she's she is she's introduced there that was the first time that they introduced her. the second time they introduced as geraldine her, yes she's introduced as geraldine and then when they introduced her as monica she they brought her back from being unsnapped by thanos and she this is in in if anybody could ever just like wrap their mind around the confusion of that real quick because that's that's something that's that they downplay it a lot in this show because chronologically this takes place three weeks after everybody gets snapped back. So think about for a second that you were just sitting by your mother's bed in the hospital and your mother is dying of cancer. And you just find out that, okay, the cancer is starting to come out come into remission. She's going to be okay. And then you just disappear. Five years later, you come back and your mother's gone. You don't know what happened. You just snap. Everybody's running in the hallways and stuff. All that confusion. Then just to find out that your mother died three years ago and that you somehow disappeared. You know, 
and then you go back to work. Right. Absolutely. You wrote a really great article about this a couple years ago, talking about yeah. the implications of like suddenly having everybody come back, the environmental implications, like, you know, how would the economies and this countries like rebuild and it's, everybody would, would turn into terrible. like this refugee uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always thought that was really fascinating. I really like how in the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home movie, you know, Aunt May is raising money for the people that were displaced because of the blip and things like that. And I feel like there is so much that like so much content there that you can really have all the storytelling right. just from like what happened to all these other people and Monica's story. I, I found it really fascinating. Like, Oh my God, look at what they went through and everybody's just confused. And like the doctors and nurses, like how can they even explain to these people that like this yeah. happened, you know, just like the mental trauma and like crisis situation that would take place would be just unbelievable. It's like, imagine going to sleep and then waking up five years later and everything in the world has changed except for you like that it, it it takes strength to even clock in to work after something like that because she goes right back to work which is like uh no i need to find a new place to live or something because life has changed everything is different uh everything is really polluted again because now we have 3.5 million people billion i'm sorry billion people back on the planet so it's that, that kind of thing, they downplay it a lot, and I really wanted them to touch on that, especially in the finale. And, and let, let's just get straight into the finale. Now, did you did you enjoy the finale? Because I did, and then I didn't. I, yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I really loved it, but you can tell that a lot of this was reshot, yeah. um, and a yeah. lot of things changed. Like, like we talked about... We talked about Monica kind of like coming in. She's taking over sword. And we mentioned earlier in the podcast about how, you know, she'll, she was already in um, as a child yes. in the first Captain Marvel movie. And then at the investor day um, for Disney conference, they mentioned that she would be in Captain Marvel too. And in Captain Marvel two, Miss Marvel would also be there. So I have, it, it sounds like she's going to be in also, um, the Nick Fury show that's coming. Right. As well as Miss Marvel. So she's going to play this huge role. But I feel like because WandaVision came out first, we got her story out of order from the way they would have wanted us to see it, if that makes sense. So for me, what I noticed in the finale was that the locations were different. And so originally, like, you know, uh, where they do the magic show and the you know where they see they film all the montage stuff where there's like this little park with like a gazebo and stuff like that the town's kind of like the center of town is very different in the finale and i feel like that happened because of covid and having to do reshoots mm -hmm. and changing things around um, and it looks like they shot at the warner brother lot is what uh, didn't it look like that yeah yeah, it looks like they shot at like somewhere else. They didn't shoot in the same place. And so I feel like like I really enjoyed the ending. I thought it was good, but there were some things that fell off. And I think they fell off because of things that they had to change because of the pandemic. Right. Where it's, I don't blame Disney. I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it's bad story writing or anything like that. I just think that like things changed. And so some things felt like 
left unsaid. Now it was it was it was some things that I I did not like about the um the the ending which which bothered me because I, I'm when I'm as I'm watching the show and as everybody's theories online are falling apart and you really see what's really happening um let, let's just say it Wanda tortured an entire town for a couple weeks because she couldn't process yeah. the passing of a loved one. And I, I don't I don't wish anybody right. to lose their loved one or anything like that. However, when you're in this superhero game, something's gonna happen. You know, like like I've been reading comics my entire life. People die. That's how people become villains. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's how but she tortured an entire town for a couple weeks. And what bothered me it was and, and I'm pretty sure that this is gonna get addressed in the future and stuff, but there were a, a a serious lack of consequences. There was a line said by Monica, which bothered the shit out of me. And she said, oh, they don't know what you sacrificed for them. I'm sorry, what? You sacrificed your, your imaginary friends that you created in magic to torture us? To So yeah, you sacrificed that so we should feel sorry for you? <laughs> you know? Because it ties into, again... No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, there's that scene where Dottie's begging her. She was like, you know, uh, let me just hold my daughter. Right. Let me just, like, let her out of her room. Let me just hold her. She goes, and then you can... uh, She can be friends with your son if you like that storyline or whatever. You know, so, like... You know, there's these are real people that have been traumatized. Imagine all the children in Westview and how right. traumatized and how totally messed up they will grow up. I mean, you know, Wanda was radicalized because a Stark bomb fell into her home and killed her parents and this and that. So imagine what will happen to the people in the town of Westview. Right. What they dealt with, you know, the torture. And not only that, like, I can be empathetic. To what Wanda lost because she did lose a lot, and then you know the Avengers go off and have their happy ending, and she's literally left completely alone, and like nobody came to check on her at any point. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like she was completely on her own after saving the world. Yeah, and and I and I totally I I completely understand all of that, but like at the same time, at no point does any of that justify her keeping a town hostage because when Dottie said hey I haven't seen my daughter she's eight I think so I'm like okay that's a heavy line that a lot of people missed she's eight I think because a couple episodes before Vision was like hey uh why aren't there any children in this town you know and then in the first and second episode they're they're all like for the children remember that Norm says something when he when Vision like removes Wanda's you know power over him mm-hmm. you know freaking out and he doesn't know how long it's been or how long he's been there and he's worried about his family and stuff like that and he's freaking out and uh, you know he's just like you know I don't know how long it's been my dad was dying and he's like panicking and freaked out so who knows how much time has passed right so like and then then it goes back to the uh, end game. This is three weeks after that. How many of these townspeople just reappeared, just came back to life, you know? So they're still processing, hey, I've been gone for five years. Now I'm back. Oh, 
now someone just flew into town and just mentally kept us hostage for a couple weeks. This is the worst week ever for a lot of people. And she just oh, that's so interesting. I had not a lot of not. I, I'm always with the interesting takes. I've been holding on to that one too. And like an entire town, who half at least at most half of them just gets zapped back into existence, and then a couple weeks later, somebody holds them mentally hostage. If that entire town became like a town collective of supervillains, I would not be upset because they have all the motivation to be. Absolutely. And, you know, I was also thinking, so some of the theories that kind of were percolating online and people were bringing up in one of those theories, um, somebody thought that, you know, the town of Westview would eventually become like all the mutants, right? Because they were in the hex. And, you know, what if like some of Monica, uh, I'm sorry, not Monica, um, Wanda's powers were rubbing off and maybe she gives birth to the, basically to the the mutants, Right. right? from just having them in this toxic hex or whatever, right? And so I was thinking, oh, yeah, these people might end up like this, uh, you know, the bad guys or even just like the new, you know, superheroes. So uh, the woman who plays uh, Dottie, I think her name is Emma Caulfield, Mm -hmm. something like that. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Emma. Um, She mentioned in... uh, in a Vanity Fair uh, interview recently that she's working on a Marvel show and it's a secret show. Right. So they have not announced the show yet. So I'm wondering if she comes back for some kind of revenge against Wanda or maybe some of the other townspeople because she's, she's supposed to come back at some point on some other show that has not yet been revealed. Mm, that, I mean, I can see, I can see that. Again, I'm I'm not in the way of just going through a bunch of fan theories and stuff because they're just that theories and stuff, which, you know, that's cool to have theories. But at the same time, when it doesn't happen for you, you can't get super duper Internet rage upset. You know, like I was perfectly fine. We Oh, yeah. No, yeah come I'm on. perfectly fine that we didn't get Mephisto. I mean, it's fun to it's fun to speculate. Yeah, always, always fun to speculate. What I really appreciate about WandaVision is that during this pandemic, watching this show every week and everybody coming up with their theories and this, it was almost like kind of being together, like as a community. It was nice. So like, for example, when we were all binge watching, not binge watching because it came out weekly, but when we were all watching The Boys season two during the pandemic, it was a little different because there was a lot to kind of speculate about, but most people don't have any comic book knowledge about The Boys. No, It's a very rare view that no, it's not as mainstream as like Marvel comics, right? Right. So with WandaVision, because there's so much knowledge out there and because there's so much like you know mcu like kind of lore and all that kind of stuff it was really fun to have this like weekly kind of like community gathering of everybody talking and that's a lot of fun and even if you're wrong well then you're wrong at least you had fun with your friends discussing and geeking out and all that kind of stuff it's when you get into that like oh well this is so stupid because it didn't go my way that i find that like that's an issue like Calm down. Like, yeah. let these people tell their story their way. 
And if you have a better ending, then write some fanfic. And that's the best part about it. Like fan fiction is still a good option. Like I, I used I used to love writing fan fiction all the time. Now I mostly keep it inside of my head or I discuss it with my wife and stuff. And she's like, oh, that's a great story. You should totally write for them. And I'm like, yes, I should write for them. Marvel, if you're listening, please contact me. Uh, but, <laughs> but but yeah, I would love to like write different stories and stuff like because I'm fine that we didn't get the characters that everybody's thinking that we're going to get. Because if you think about it, like Scarlet Witch and Vision actually means something to people now you know we got vision in both costumes we got the 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 classic green and red and then we got the perverted white i hate i hate 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 vision's white costume (laughs) always have you know why i'll tell you why and i told my wife this so i have to tell everybody listening this so i'm old uh i'm 37 and there used to be and i used to go to arcades a lot um from chicago illinois and it was an arcade at the mall called ford city ford city mall had an arcade called the tilt you go in and there was this video game it was captain america and the avengers you could play as four characters you played as captain america iron man hawkeye and vision and vision it was that white costume and he just looked so creepy and he would just walk with his hands like up in a triangle, like crease and and um, Cobra Kai, and he would just walk like that, and it was just like, ugh, I hated that costume then. I hate it now. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny though? My first introduction to uh, Paul Bettany was in the movie um, The Da Vinci Code. He was in Knight's Tale too, I believe. Yeah, he was a night nice yeah. show, and everybody keeps telling me that. I haven't watched it. I promise I'll watch it. The first time I saw him, he was like this murder assassin, creep, super religious. Yeah. You know, who, who was killing people in the Da Vinci Code, and then he was torturing himself as like, you know, punishment for every person that he killed. He would punish himself physically, and it was the most disturbing scene and I, that's, and I'm still to this day scared of him because that was so <laughs> creepy. And you mentioned how tall he is and everything. He's tall as and shit. And the makeup he had on and the fact that he was like this murderous, like, dude. I've always been scared of him. And it was always hard to, like, you know, really enjoy, like, him in the MCU because I was scared of him. <laughs> the actor, because he played in the Da Vinci right? Code. That, so that's a testament of him being a good actor. Because if you can be afraid of someone who played a character, that means they acted the shit out of that part. Because I, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I cannot stand Robert De Niro. Here's why. He's a good fucking actor. He's great. I can't stand him because I watch Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers. And he just annoyed the shit out of me the whole movie. And I was like, why do I hate this man so much? Because I used to like him and like Goodfellas and like all the other movies before that. But Meet the Fockers just made Casino. me. Casino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meet the Fockers just made me just want, look, I'm like, look, if I see, and I'm not saying this for real. I have to put that disclaimer out. Uh, this is not a real thing that I'm saying. This is just me making a joke because it's funny. Uh, Robert De Niro, I would never attack you on the street. But if I see Robert De Niro on the street, I just sometimes I just want to take a bottle upside his head for how he treated Greg and meet the fuckers. Like straight up, <laughs> that's 
just the testament of I feel that way about Steve Carell. Yes, because, because I could not I work for him. I hated him yeah. Michael. I could not work for yeah. him in the office because <laughs> I get that. Yeah, so that, that's just how that how that went with me. But that's just a testament of a good actor. Like if they can get that emotion out of somebody watching it, then yeah. You're saying so people got vision two versions of vision mm-hmm. the one that you hate oh yeah and, and the one with the we regular got the one that we hate costume. the one with the regular costume we got agatha harkness who who is you know a, a very major character when it comes to scarlet witch in the comics they put a nice twist on her too uh made her younger because for whatever reason back then in the 60s like if you were older you were just Oh, that's why we had like antique Aunt May for so long in Spider-Man comics. But <laughs> but yeah, like but we we get so many of these different characters that we get to care about and that like our children can care about and stuff too. Children are now reading comic books again because when I used to go to the comic book store, sometimes I still go, but like when I go to the comic book store, you see children in there again. It used to be nothing but just grown men just in there, you know? Like we get so many people, like a uh, uh, former guest of the show, and also future guest of the show, Alexandria Sams, she, when she saw uh, Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron, she dedicated a lot of time and a lot of money into collecting every appearance of the Scarlet Witch. That character has been around almost 70 years now. No, 60 years. Sorry. I think that's what I love so much about these like, you know, 10 plus years that we've had Mm -hmm. of the MCU. My son was, I think, four years old when the first Iron Man movie came out. Right. And I had no idea at that point who Iron Man was. Right. But that movie we went to go see. In theaters, I kid you not, on every day off until it was no longer in theaters. Oh, wow. my kid loved it so much. Like, every day off that I had from work, I took him to the movies, and we watched Iron Man until it was out of theaters. And it was his love for Iron Man that kind of was my introduction into, like, you know, the MCU right. geeking out. Because I had to get him, you know, comics and toys and this and that and watching all these movies and reading him the stories, you know, about Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. Suddenly I learned all these things that right. I wouldn't have learned You would have never learned. Otherwise. If- yeah, but this whole generation of kids, like you said, is, like, growing up with, like, all these new characters like Wanda, well, new to them at new, least. Yeah. And because Disney Plus is so accessible, before it was only like, you know, kind of uh, geeks who were in the know who right. were reading the comics that knew about these amazing characters, but now it's so accessible to everybody. And like you said, you can go on Wikipedia and find everything. You can read everything about these characters who've been around for 60, 70 years. You know, a lot of these characters are not new, but these are new stories. And like, I I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those people. I put a long post on Facebook about this. I'm not of the kind that says, well, they did it like this in the comics. So I expect it this way in the show. No, repeating stories and changing them up is as old as telling stories like back before people even wrote stories down they would just tell them out loud and then they would add stuff onto it and then change things that's why you can't go back to like old myths and find two of them that match 
changing stories makes them better. Monica, you have children. Have you ever tried to show your children something that you thought was cool when you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, they like this sometimes, but it's very rare. It's very rare. For the most part, they're like, all right, mom. It's very, very rare yeah. that you can show somebody that worked for you as a kid, and then you show it to somebody else who's just new into it. I, lo- I love my wife. Everybody knows this, but my wife didn't come into contact with the Marvel movies and stuff on a large scale until I came around, right? I would never try to get my wife to be, uh, sit her down with my comic collection and be like, okay, come here, read this real quick, because she'll be like, who the hell are all these people? And, like, why should I even care? Like, we watch My Hero Academia with each other. I know, no, babe, I know you wouldn't, but I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't overload you. I'm talking to my wife. We, we do this on the podcast, too, sometimes. But I can hear her. <laughs> but I would not overload my wife with so much information when I have the luxury of having movies that streamline all of that information into it, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to give her 70 yeah, years of homework to catch up on, which which the stories change all the way through and stuff. Or like there's like eight Green Lanterns. So like when a, when, when a Green Lantern movie comes out and it has Ryan Reynolds in it, but all the kids at this point in time know Green Lantern to be black, <laughs> you know? And you know what's so interesting about that? I think that that is why Doctor Who has been around for 50 years. Yes. Because in the television show, Doctor Who, he's a time-traveling alien who doesn't die. He regenerates into a new body. He has all the same memories. And then now he's a she. Um, And it's been every couple years you get a new actor playing this role. So, you know, if you try to watch the TV show now like the 60s version it's very boring it's very dated and even the language and the lingo is just so old that it's you you don't have the context to even understand what's going on exactly you know whatever jokes that they make you're just like what what does that even mean because you know those things are no longer around anymore so it just doesn't make sense so it the show stays fresh by constantly introducing like these newer actors and filming in modern day and not sticking to like the original plan and so it's appealing to new audiences and so there's always this thing that we say like oh who's your doctor right and that's usually like for the most part most people's doctors was their first introduction to the show and that's your doctor because that's where you started and and i'm going to use a timeless example that to counter that uh because Doctor Who, perfect example of that. Another one, two of them. I'll, I'll, I'll go brief with one and I'll go in depth with the other. Then we'll bring it back to WandaVision. Uh, briefly, James Bond. They always changed the actor. And they didn't always do that. But uh, Sean Connery's contract came up. He didn't want to do it anymore. And then they just kept changing the actor. Most people who grew up watching James Bond, some people will lie to you and say that Sean Connery is their favorite James Bond, but please go back and watch a Sean Connery James Bond movie in 2021 and tell me how you feel. Um, but I, I <laughs> you know, I, I personally, I didn't get into James Bond movies because I found them boring and hokey until Daniel Craig came around and Daniel Craig is my favorite James Bond. Uh, 
another one, and this is also the meter of when a generation changes that I found for like the last almost 40 years, Ninja Turtles. Every version of the Ninja Turtles sucks besides the one that you like. Like, think about that. Every generation has a Ninja Turtles that they truly, truly enjoy. Myself was the original run of the comics because that's the first one I was exposed to. The original comics from Mirage Studios when I was when I was like eight, nine years old. But the show was still on when I was like in kindergarten, when I was like four or five. But I was exposed to the comics first when they were stone cold killers. Like if you can go back and find original copies of the original run of Ninja Turtles, they were stone cold killers before they were surfer dudes. And then it was a live action one. <laughs> and then it was like the the movies that we get now and stuff. Every ver- Kids love every iterat- iteration of the Ninja Turtles. But when those kids grow up, the one that they grew up with is the one that they like. It all changes. But it's the yeah. same good stuff. Now, back to WandaVision and like what we've seen on the internet. Some people get too attached to an idea that they think something should be like if everything was like the comics infinity war thanos would have got those stones to impress a chick because that's what happened in the comics no we, yeah uh-huh <laughs> he got those stones to impress a chick wow. he killed half the universe because some girl wouldn't like him enough that was the story <laughs> You sat there and watched me interview the man who wrote that story. Oh, yeah. I forgot about our Jim Sterling interview. Our Jim Sterling. That was the story. If we would have gotten that in the movies, do you understand how many people would be like, really? For, for real? That was it? We get better stories when we let things evolve. And that's why I did like this story. I don't like how it ended because there was no consequences. I'm big on consequences for like superheroes now. I think Iron Man had some merit in, in Civil yeah. War. Iron Man had a lot of merit because think about it like this. Let's go back to Wanda. Wanda, in the course of uh, five years in the MCU. Um, no, let's let's say like six years. Let's say six, seven years. OK, because we don't know what, what time passed between Civil War, Infinity War. But in a couple years, Wanda blew up a building in Nigeria with people in it, escaped from her jail, was a fugitive, got snapped back, helped save the, the universe again, yay, and then held a town hostage for a couple weeks. She is as dangerous as no, the news. Absolutely. She is as dangerous as the news is saying that they are. And because she's supposed to be the good guy, yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what Agatha was saying too. She yeah. was like, "You are too powerful." Like, she was like, "You are dangerous." That's chaos magic or whatever she called it. Right. But yeah, Wanda definitely is too powerful and too dangerous. And you know, there's an episode of Star Trek where Picard comes across this like being, right? Uh-huh. In Star Trek: Next Generation. Yeah, Next Generation. And you know, he has to. Yes, and he accidentally, because in a rage, and he's so powerful, in a rage, he kills an entire race of people who killed his love, right? Because he has these, like, magic powers, and he wiped them out across the universe. He just took out an entire race because he was mad. 
And at the end, Picard was like, there are no courts in which I could try you or bring you to justice. And there is no way we can ever hold you accountable for these things because you are so powerful, right? And so he has to, you know, basically say, you know, we're going to go ahead and leave you and we're just going to put a warning out to like, all the starships in this sector to leave you alone in peace because he also made a fictional world right very similar to what wanda did he brought his love back from the dead and he was living on this planet by himself kind of reliving his life but it was all fake you know it was just something he created very similar to wandavision and you know and at the end they just say you know what there's no way we can put you on trial for your crimes and there's no way we could actually put you in a jail. I mean, you could wipe out right. an entire species across the galaxy just by thinking it. How can we ever hold exactly. you? Like, how can we cage you? And so Picard says, you know, we're going to put out a thing to just leave you alone. In this scenario, he wasn't torturing people the way Wanda was, right. though. This guy just brought his wife back from the dead. And like, you know was living alone on some planet with her but he did take out a whole you know species or whatever and so now wanda like how can you even at some point i think did monica say what she said because she knew that like we need to stay on her good side you know what i mean yeah like i understand that that she had the compassion and she knew that like you know wanda didn't mean it and also, but like, how are you, it's more dangerous to kind of try to trap her because we saw what happened when the director dude tried to do it. Right. Now, the so thing I, is... I don't know. I, I, I yeah. want to think... Yeah, I, now I get, I get what you're saying with that, but the thing is, like, and, and I don't know if they're going to go with this, but I do have a theory of what they might do, and I'll talk about that in just a second. The thing is, intent doesn't exclude you from fault. You know, you don't have to mean to do anything like that to do it, you know, because, you know, if you were if if if, like if superheroes were real, uh, would you want them to be the superheroes that actually like serve and protect the people? Or do you want them to be like the ones in the boys? (laughs) Like Wanda was kind of like the ones in the boys in that situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then also... You know, there was a scene that I was a little unsettled with at the end. As a mom, you know, the thought of losing your kids is like probably the hardest thing. Yes. Um, And there's that scene where she knows that like everything's ending and she says goodbye to her kids and she tucks them in and she just leaves them there in bed. And as a mom, I would be with my kids till the bitter end, till the magic wiped away. But she spends that time with vision. And I thought, no mom would do that. Oh, like no no mom would be with her man instead of her kids when everything's about to disappear. So I was a little bit unsettled on that part. But I, it made me think, okay, well, maybe she just accepted that they weren't real. I think that she I think that was it. Yeah, I think it was that she finally just accepted this isn't real. There's that one moment where she says, thanks for choosing me to be your mom. And I thought that was a weird line because I'm like, well, didn't she make them? 
she right. would have chose them. But she made it sound as if the kids somehow like had a say in that. Now, and and you know what I hate most about that line is that we're going to see so many pictures of kids online with their parents saying, thank you for choosing me to be your mom. Like, ah, uh, stop it. It's so corny. <laughs> we're going to see that. And, and, if you, and if you do that, you if you do that with your children, I'm going to call you out on it, Monica. I'm telling you that right now on the show. No, uh, because <laughs> it didn't, it, it was... It was so weird to me yeah. that she left her kids. I was like, uh, uh, Vision can wait or he can sit here with us. But I would be with my kids to the bitter end. Right. So the magic disappeared until I wiped it all off. But I just thought that was so weird as a mom. I don't know. I don't know if I was just like overthinking it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I completely understand that. In the way of consequences, I, I have this theory in my mind. And this this may, may very well happen because it's kind of established. So this is setting up. Uh, we do know that Wanda is going to be in uh, the new Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. We also know some people may have forgotten this. Myself and my friend Chad Hatter, we didn't forget this. But Doctor Strange keeps a list. And on that list are all types of magical threats. I think Wanda just got upped on the list just a little bit, possibly. And maybe he just might show up like, hey, just a snitch. Just a snitch. You know, he like, you know, uh, Wong is probably like, you know, updating the list or whatever. Like, hey, boss, you might want to go check this on out. Remember that one uh, redhead at the funeral? You might want to go pay her a visit because uh, she's 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 definitely on the list now. And he might just be like, hey, we need to talk about this. Or he needs to get to her before Baron Mordo gets to her because he's out trying to... He said there's already too many sorcerers and he's out stealing people's powers. Wait, that happened in Doctor Strange? That happened in Doctor Strange. Mordo, at, and it was at the end credit scene. Mordo went up to the guy who who could who could walk again after he uh, learned all his magic and stuff and just used it so he could walk again. He went up to him and he said, yo, we got a problem. It's too many sorcerers. And he took his powers back. That's so, so true. Okay. They might delve into that in the next Doctor Strange movie because, yes, Wanda is too powerful. Yes, she needs to be checked. And there should be some consequences for her torturing an entire town. I will not rest until they address that fully because... Yeah, Avengers ain't supposed... If, if those are the people that are supposed to protect us, I hate to see what the people who are going to attack us are going to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And in this one, um, it's really interesting to me, like Agatha's character, now that we go back... Because I try to do a rewatch mm -hmm. after, you know, everything. Yeah. And, you know, Agatha... I really want to know if Agatha showed up in town like she kind of got through the hex and showed up or just coincidentally Wanda, you know, was in her town. You know what I mean? Because, Actually, she did know, bring I that up. I understand her being she she did bring that up. It was a throwaway it was a throwaway line in episode 8. She was like, "I just all of a sudden all this magic just popped up out of nowhere and I had to go check it out." And she just basically mm. moved into fake Pietro, Fietro, if you will. She moved into his house, and his name was Ralph. And in every episode, right, while Ralph it's Boner. in every episode while it's still a show, she always mentions that her husband's name is Ralph. 
Yeah. So I didn't know if like, cause so now when you watch the show and you see her kind of like showing up and popping up and trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. like I don't see her so much as like a bad guy, you know, because she really didn't do anything too bad no. other than just kind of like protect her identity from Wanda. You know, she sent the brother in, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of it was to try to test like what Wanda's mental state of mind is. Because right. even after when she captures her, Agatha's trying to understand. You know, she just wants to know what's going on with Wanda, what led her to all these things and she wants to get the full picture and when she feels content as if she has that full picture she says you know what you're too dangerous and i gotta take you out right because if if it was just like oh you know how you're just this powerful maybe i can learn from you but no it's like no you're doing this without knowing that you're doing it it's basically the proverbial baby waving a gun you know when you're just that powerful and you don't know that you're that powerful then that's dangerous right and in that scenario agatha has to take that gun away from that Mm -hmm. baby exactly um it's that's how i saw it i didn't necessarily see her as like straight up a bad guy no me neither but also you know power does something to you right so i wouldn't be surprised if she was a villain but i think that her story is not black and white i think there's some gray area in agatha's story but i totally agree that like wanda needs some kind of consequence i just don't know who would ever be able to lay that down outside of like possibly dr strange yeah we have a sorcerer supreme in in case of things like this so it would be dr strange at this point right but he couldn't even take out he couldn't take out Thanos. Look how powerful she was that she almost did. Right. Well, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that like that uh, Thanos unleashed and sacrificed his entire army to get basically Wanda off of him. Right. You know, she could have taken out Thanos. So if somebody and Dr. Strange did had the opportunity to take out Thanos and he couldn't. Now, I, I don't Now The thing is like with um, Sorcerer Supreme, like, I don't think that the, the most powerful sorcerer is not going to be Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, there's always going to be somebody who's more powerful. However, it's like it's like the most intelligent person is not going to run a country that that never happens, as we've seen in like the last couple years of this place. The most intelligent person will not run a, pl- a place and the most powerful sorcerer won't be Sorcerer Supreme. So. I can see why he wouldn't be able to like take out Thanos or anything like that because you know brute strength and magic. Yeah, you you can kind of see where if he gets a run and start, Thanos is gonna take you out. Uh, Wanda was, and I and I hate that I'm gonna say this on this International Women's Day. She was battling out of emotion, which makes her stronger. I'm sorry I said that. I feel horrible saying that, but I mean. She was. Right. I mean, as much as I'm sure she wanted to do what's good, a lot of it was trying to save Vision, you know? And then, you know, the second time that they fight, it's her looking for revenge for yeah, because he put her through. And then it's like, and and we haven't talked about this part. We haven't haven't talked about S.W.O.R.D. and how, like, they had the actual Vision's body and then, you know, rebooted it with the power of 
we got to finish the show because they did not explain that right at all. It's like, hey, we got Vision Online now. Why? Because we, we got one episode left. That's why. You know, what's really interesting is that they had a $200 million budget for this show. Mm-hmm. And the episodes were so short. Yo! And I get that, <laughs> you know, the CGI and the magic takes a lot of money. And obviously, like, you know, some of the fight scenes and stuff like that are very cinematic. So I get that. But I'm like, where else did you put this money? Because, right. like... That was some real short episodes for $200 million. It was $200 million budget for nine episodes, which I don't know. I don't know if anybody's like done the time of the actual time that episodes were on that didn't count credits and stuff. I don't know if that's out there yet. I know it's out there, but I haven't found it yet. Somebody had to. Yeah. What I think is they shot a movie. And then spliced it up into episodes. That's how it kind of feels to me. Yeah, some of those episodes are legit 13 minutes long because those credits are long. And we're we're all predisposed to watching credits all the way through now when it's a Marvel thing. So we all know how long those credits are. Yep. So, like, I think they shot a movie and then spliced it up into, like, televised episodes and then they shot in scenes, post credit scenes, like when they did them for those three episodes, like they would normally shoot those. I like the pacing, the pacing of the show. It started off slow. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's the pacing of the episode started off very slow. Then it did pick up. And then we got a little bit more backstory and stuff. But the whole, I, I love how they did the vision versus vision fight. Because it actually turned into that was wonderful. it turned into who Vision truly is. Because it starts off as a straight up brawl and like lasers in the air and all that stuff. Then it starts delving into a philosophical debate, and that was a gem for me. I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought that the scene with Vision and Vision was just perfect. Like I probably wouldn't change it except for the fact that. You know, I would have liked to see what happened to that. Other yeah, vision. like I would have wanted to see some kind of resolution. He just kind of disappears. Like, where did he go? And, and I don't want him to be called other vision or fake vision because that's the real vision. Uh, <laughs> that is the real vision. And I, I really want to know where he went because he's like, OK, I'm vision. So is he just going on? Uh, uh, this is going to be so corny when I say, is he going on a vision quest to find himself or? You know, are we gonna see him in? We gonna see him in the movie where they put every other character that just flies off into space? He's gonna be in the next Thor movie, trying to find himself. Yeah, you know, I'm really interested to find out. I think they did. They set that up really well. Uh, I don't think that they explained how he got his powers very well outside of just being close to close to Wanda, because she did say that, like, you know, her imaginary vision was part of the Mind Stone that lived in her. Right. So she has the mind zone. So maybe it was just being 
close enough to Wanda that he absorbed some of that Mind Stone energy? I don't know. I'm super speculating here because I want the show to make sense. Yeah. And I want to, like, love it because I, I did really enjoy it. And I hate to nitpick at it and be like, That's, oh, but this is this. But there were some kind of, like, things that were left right. unanswered. They were, because it's like, I, and I hate being that person. I like to enjoy stuff and then enjoy it and move on and stuff. But then when you give me so much stuff and the more I think about it, I'm like, and then the nature of this job, I, I have to watch things more than once. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, how does that work? How does that work? Like the town of Westview, there was a cop that said the town of Westview doesn't exist. However, a couple episodes later, this town totally exists. So I'm like, which is it? Like, did y'all just forget your own writing or, or, or what's happening? Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but get me there, you know? And then they never explain who the person that Jimmy Woo was looking for. No. They never say who he was or she was. Yeah, he was there for a missing person. Yeah, and suddenly, like somebody in witness protection. And then who was that somebody? Like, I've seen theories about who this somebody was, but, and I thought we would get a resolution by the end, but no. So this is why I feel like perhaps there was more to the WandaVision story that we were supposed to get, but we didn't get because of the way the pandemic hit and not being able to film everything. Or they had to pull some stuff because right. they couldn't reveal too much before other properties yeah. from the franchise dropped. Which, which, which is completely the, true. Yeah. So I'm trying to kind of just, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt and be like, you know what? They did their best, you know, working through a pandemic. And I'm just going to give them it an A for effort because I really enjoyed the show. It brought the community together. I definitely developed a fondness for Wanda that I didn't have before mm-hmm. and for vision, even though I'm still scared of Paul <laughs> but I have this like, you know, I had, I really love the storyline and it was enjoyable and I love the community coming together, just kind of like with all their crazy wacky theories. And, you know, I'm, overall, I think I'm going to give the season an A. For I'm going to give, I'm also, I'm going to give them an A minus. Because the things that I didn't like were not outweighed by the things that I did like about the show. I did enjoy it. Uh, I understand long form storytelling. So I know that the consequences that I want are probably going to come. So I can wait. Also, here's something awesome that a lot of people did not. I don't even think a lot of people realize this, uh, that for the first time ever, we get something from the MCU Every week this year, every Friday. That's so cool, right? Every Friday this year, (laughs) we're getting something from the MCU. That has never happened unless you just watch stuff all the time every week in the comfort of your own home. But no, you get something new every week, which leads me to this. Now, now let's let's go into the next show. We've given WandaVision our grade. Now, two weeks. Uh, from the time that we're recording this, I don't know when you're listening, listener. You might be listening to this while you're watching uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon or Falcon and Winter Soldier. I forget every time what order that the show comes in. <laughs> and I really should get better at that, seeing as though there may be a very special guest on the show soon. Who knows? 
but I should really <laughs> get that together. I should be a better host. But it's the Falcon and the Winter you. Soldier. Is the Falcon in the Winter Soldier, or is it Falcon and Winter Soldier? It's the Falcon okay. and the Winter Soldier. So. What are you looking forward to in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? And and I'll tell you what you may need to Wikipedia because I know one theory that's going to spiral out of control with this. Go ahead. So, you know what? I'm more excited about the shows that are coming after this mm-hmm. show. I'm super excited about Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. And, you know, now that I know that Monica is probably going to be in Secret Invasion, um, you know, because of the Nick Fury tie-in at the end right. there. I'm I, I'm really excited about Monica Rambo. Like, not just because she's my namesake or anything like that, but I just I'm excited about her. I'm excited about Captain Marvel too. But that's how I felt about WandaVision. Like I was indifferent to it. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch the show because it's a Marvel show and I like Marvel. So I'm hoping that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier hits me the way WandaVision hit me, where I was indifferent and suddenly I have these new storylines that I love. So I literally have no expectations for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I just hope that I enjoy okay. it. Now I'm I'm the same. I'm as much as I did want to. I'm going in also with zero expectations, even though these are two characters from the MCU uh, that I truly enjoy. Uh, them two together have great chemistry as actors, and they're just two very complex characters that didn't get as much character development as I wanted them to get, so I'm glad that they're going to get some room to breathe in this show. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Now, for the thing, for the theory that is going to run wild, like wrestle, like like Hulkamania in the in the eighties, everybody, the keyword is thunderbolts. People are going to be going thunderbolts. Thunderbolts was basically they well they morphed they kind of morphed into the Marvel version of the Suicide Squad. They're a team of villains who oh. who pull off uh, missions for uh, sometimes Shield. Uh, sometimes the government or whatever, you know, uh, whatever Marvel's, you know, version of, you know, Cadmus is. And they're ran by the the uh, the the first incarnation of the Thunderbolts was led by uh, Citizen V, who turned out to be Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo was uh, the villain in Civil War, who was uh, looking for. Right, yeah, right. He's a guy with the purple mask, and that's his mask yeah. from the comics. Oh, so he's the That's guy him. that was after the Winter yes. Soldier. That was kind of like trying trying to like, you know, tear the Avengers right, apart. Right. He was basically the bad right. guy in it. Uh, Daniel Brohl, I think his name no, is. No, I thought it was Christoph. No, no, no. Christoph Waltz is the other guy. And, but yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that Baron Zemo is Daniel yeah. Brohl, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. He, so... Interesting. I didn't realize he was back. Yep. Once I saw that mask, and like his name was Zemo, and um, his real name was uh, Helmet Zemo in um the um in Civil War. So that's who that is, and he's also from Wanda's country of fake country of Sokovia, which is a catch-all for Eastern Europe. <laughs> right, right. And then in that show, we also have Emily Van Camp, yes. who you know reprising her role as Sharon Carter I wonder what the timeline for this I, that, that, is that be. I'm wondering I'm assuming it's that after, it's post, it's post ending, game because right? they have the shield so I think everything in here is post game. everything that they're doing with the shows going forward I think they're we're firmly into phase four right now 
Okay. So I'm cool. cool with that. I'm really excited about Phase 4 I, in general. I, I feel like WandaVision kicked off a potentially awesome, like, new era of Marvel, you know, of the Marvel MCU. Right. Like, I'm just really excited to see what I, happens. I am and, too. And to get these new storylines. The MCU actually got me into something that I completely had no interest in. And that's like cosmic Marvel, Marvel in space. I could not get into it to save my life in the comics as a kid and stuff. But like now it's like it's it's kind of fascinating that they actually found a way to make it something cool. Because Marvel in space in the comics, like if, if you did not do drugs, it was not for you because it was just like, what is happening? You know, what's interesting is that in my my oldest son, who's now going to be a senior in his formative kind of you know, middle school uh-huh. years, um, we gave him Nova. And that was like his weekly pool okay. was like getting all the new Nova comics. And so we have been waiting for Nova yep. for a really long time. Got real close in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I thought this is like, this is where Nova's going to come in, you know? And I thought that he would be part of phase four. But there has been little to Very no little. Nova it's, like mentions whatsoever. It's it's hard because Nova is one of those heroes. He was one of those. He was one of the very few space heroes that I really enjoyed because, uh, and it was around the same age as your son too when I when I got into it because he was a teenage hero and stuff. I don't know if they're gonna bring Nova in. Uh, mostly and and for the comic readers, you you you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Nova and Gamora were always together. And since like Gamora and Star-Lord are already an established couple, I don't think that they're going to bring Nova in or they just don't know how. Because a lot of Nova's story is tied with Gamora. Well, you don't know. Gamora's missing. She's been missing since Endgame. This is true. So She's missing and she's not the same Gamora. So they could actually bring him back, bring him in as Nova. And start a whole new Nova Corps. Wow, we just see Marvel hire us, <laughs> right? And we can write these stories for you. You know, we we're just giving these ideas out. You know, I'm also excited about kind of like the younger Marvel. So when they brought in Spider Man and it was like adorable little Tom Holland, you know, I just mm-hmm. thought that was so cute. I'm old enough to be Tom Holland's mom. So, like, when I see him, I'm like, oh, he's such a cute kid. Like, he's such a good kid, right? And so, uh, you know, when I heard Miss Marvel was, you know, getting her own show, I was really excited about, like, this young kind of, like, you know, superhero. And so I was hoping we'd get, like, teenage Nova, too. And then you'd have, like, these, like, this, this whole Marvel thing that appeals to, like, a younger audience. Right. Now, the unpopular opinion from me, uh, I, I'm not, I, now, Tom Holland, great actor. He's a great Spider-Man. I don't like that they keep making Spider-Man high school age. And, and, and I hate being that guy saying, well, this wasn't what I like. But you know what? Peter Parker resonated with me because uh, from my time reading comics until to this very day, Peter Parker has always been a grown man who was just always this close to realizing his full potential. Like if you, if Peter Parker is the person that everybody can be because he was always broke or he had women trouble. Or he had job trouble and stuff. And then he, at the end of all of that, he has the worst life ever, but he still has to be Spider-Man 
at the end of the day. He was always an adult. So like, and I grew up with him, you know, uh, I got my PhD the same time Peter Parker got his PhD in the comics. <laughs> that was an accomplishment to me. I love that <laughs> like, so much. Like straight up, like straight up. You so grew like up every him. time I see a Spider-Man, I grew up with him. So like anytime I see Peter Parker in a movie and he's a kid, I'm like, I feel like I left a friend behind. You know, that's why well, it's like, I you really know, want them to just age him up. If the rumors are true that we're the next Spider-Man will be a multiverse, maybe you will get a lot of older, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, but Toby yeah. Maguire's Toby Maguire's pushing 40s. You five, never know. 50, we could end. Like, uh, yeah, but there's Last Stand Spider-Man. That was old you know, Mr. Spider-Man. Old man Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. No. I need Doc Ock Spider-Man, the superior Spider-Man, because that's the one who still has a PhD. I, <laughs> I need a Spider-Man who I can have philosophical conversations with and stuff and not just be like handing over glasses to any stranger in a costume. Oh, my God. I know. Poor baby. <laughs> You're so young yeah. and naive. <laughs> you haven't been damaged right. by like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I need a Peter Parker who's been damaged by life and stuff and who's just like really like, look, I'm, I'm I need to put these superheroes away quickly cuz I got to go to sleep and go to work in the morning. That's Absolutely. the Peter Parker I want. Yeah. But, I get that. But right. you know, I get it. You got to sell you got to sell toys, so bring in them kids. But I get that. But yeah, I, I get it. You know, it's the house of mouse. They got to bring in those kids and stuff and sell those toys. And Spider-Man is just a license to print money. So you can yep. give me my down on a luck, like uh, adult heroes within. Well, they really don't have any. But, you know, other than that. Now, real quick before we wrap this up, I have one one unanswered question from WandaVision. And I really, really need this question answered. And it could be in a short Marvel. If you're listening, just publish it for me or I'll film it myself because this is something that I need to know. How in the hell division get money to buy a plot of land why does vision need money i don't know that's interesting i wonder he stole that money like ultron stole he stole that money like ultron stole it from the internet and stuff oh my gosh maybe that's the only reason that's the only way he got it or maybe because all the other avengers were getting a paycheck they felt bad not giving vision one (laughs) Right, I know, right? They was like, "Hey, well, you know, you don't really need money or anything, but Legally, like, we have on, to I do you. payroll. What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my Vision, god, bitch is like, I'm the one printing out the spreadsheets. What the hell? <laughs> so he probably figured out how to just skim some money off of Stark real quick. That oh that's just gosh. hilarious. I, I think I do. I mean, technically, he's Jarvis, right? right? So, like, he would have access to yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> you think he'd leave her a better plot. He's also a little bit of Ultron, too. Yeah, that would that would be a hilarious just, like... Because back in, back in the day, back in, like, Phase 1, they used to have, like, little short movies and stuff that would show, like, little bits of behind the scenes. I did what they did with Agent Coulson. Yeah. And that would just be funny, like, Vision, Vision's Payday or something. That would be absolutely hilarious. Uh, Paul Bettany, figure out how to how to get in touch with me, and we can shoot this. Uh, I won't pay you much, but we can do this. <laughs> Could you please do a <laughs> pro bono? But, 
<laughs> I know, right? It's just it, it, a couple hours of your time, you know, it'd be it, 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 it'd be fun, you know, and and I can I can provide the vision costume. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'll do it. But your wife's gonna be sewing in the back. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we have a sewing machine too. But um, Monica, it's been a joy to have you on the show. We, we should do this again sometime. Yeah, thank you for having me on. No problem. What are your final thoughts before we go? Like, what are you looking forward to in the MCU and and such? Monica Rambo all the way. I can't wait to see more of Monica Rambo, of Miss Marvel, of Captain Marvel too. Um, I really hope my girl Black Widow finally gets her day in the theaters and that it's amazing <sighs> oh that's i'm looking for it I, I don't know if it's a girl power thing or what but i just am looking forward to those storylines because i feel like we've seen 10 years of like tony and cap and just you know yeah i i want more storylines like wanda's i uh, i didn't know that i was gonna love her and so i hope that I'm going to like love other, you know, female superheroes as much as I ended up loving this, even though she needs consequences, all the consequences, but I still loved it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's, I'm looking forward to She-Hulk. Oh, yes. She-Hulk is one of my favorite characters. And, and I really hope that they do like the Marvel version of Law and Order, where it's just like an anthology and like every episode is just like a weird court case or something. Yes. And it involving superheroes. And it'd just be awesome. Like she does like uh her and Daredevil team up on a case or something like that. And like she's like running for DA or something like that. It'd be it'd be great. I I, I really, really really want that and if marvel if you guys haven't even started developing a script i am for hire please i will write the hell out of that show that sounds amazing um, i i hope your your wishes come true ah man i do look if if they do like everybody's coming with me that 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 i want to come with me i'm not gonna say everybody but you know i will take care of those who have taken care of me uh, that's going to be it for uh, the show today. Monica, thank you so much for being on. I want to thank everybody who tuned in today, especially once again, our guest, Monica. Thank you for being here with us. If you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes, great, great crew over here at Temple of Geek. Just hit up templeofgeek.com. You'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. There's an excellent article about WandaVision that is up right now. Monica, tell us who wrote that. Uh, that was Kristen Chavez, and she talks about the genre jumping within WandaVision and in television in general. It's just basically about that kind of trope and how people deal with their emotions and their feelings through television. And it's really awesome. She, It was a really great article. It is an excellent article. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we will see. We're back on a regular schedule. I took a short hiatus because uh, Black History Month, I try not to work. Uh <laughs> 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 um, I really wanted to record some episodes, but then like the spirit of black power was just like, no, nah, brother, sit your ass down. Uh, but, but I'm back. Uh, we'll, we'll be back on a more regular schedule with the Temple of Geek podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Q.
Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.